Welcome to the Life Melbourne podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. We're in um, the series Joy, and I realised as I was asking God, God, what do you want me to speak on? I realised very quickly that no one had sung the joy, 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 joy down in their heart. I'm like, how do you get three services deep and not have sung the joy, 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 joy down in my heart? Has anyone actually read that song? Has anyone got below the first verse? Right, so we all know the joy, joy down in my heart. Where? Where? All right, but have you gone down to go to the, I've got the wonderful love of my blessed Redeemer way down in the depths of my heart. Where? Holy cow, what? Like, if that's meant to be for children, wow, that's amazing. Father, would you move today? And I thank you, Holy Spirit, you are here. I need your guidance and I thank you, Lord, we can't manufacture you. So we welcome you, Holy Spirit. Take these next moments and Father, would you just let them be yours? We all have walked in from different angles and different environments with different understanding and lots going on, can't keep up, nothing's going on, what's life about? Whatever it may be, God, I pray today you would dine with us. But more importantly, Lord, we would dine with you. We pray this in the name of Jesus. And everybody said? Amen. 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 So we're in this series of joy and, and uh, thank you guys. Absolutely awesome. Um, we're in this series of joy and, and last Sunday, as is always when we come to these moments preparing in my heart, uh, going, God, what is it you want to say? What is it that you want to add to, you know, Keenest preached brilliantly. If you can see God everywhere, then you can, if you see God in everything, then you can experience God everywhere. And Nadia last week preached on, you know, the joy in the ordinary. And it was a fantastic message and fantastic word. And as we were in the 9 a.m., I felt like God say very clear to me, which had been pondering in my spirit, I felt like God say, I want you to speak about joy and suffering. And I'm like, yeah, that's not the funnest message to talk about suffering when we could just tell lots of Christian jokes and, you know, like, but I felt very clearly God put in my heart, Craig, we need to speak about joy and suffering. And to be honest, my first response is like, well, Lord, to be real with you and I look at my life, like most people, I've obviously walked enough and gone through challenges and we've had moments where we've wondered where finances would come that we would be able to get through the next week and we've had moments of deep heartache where things have happened and things have taken place where you felt suffering and mourning in your heart, had moments where we stepped out in God, thinking, well, because it's a big step in God, obviously everything will fall into place when nothing falls into place. And you ask yourself, God, where are you? But if I look on a global scale, and I know as the great honor of being the pastor here, I know of many situations where people are dealing and walking through stuff far greater than I've ever experienced. God, what can I speak into this space? <laughs> But it was amazing how God said, it's not about what you can speak into it from your experience, much is it about speaking into it because we all understand that we all need Jesus. And who he is to you is who he needs to be to us all. But I think also I have the privilege of the life that I live is not because of what I've chosen to do, but thank you for, for the generations that went before me. Then in the midst of great suffering, they chose to never leave the presence of God. 
to never despise his word, to never walk away and wonder, God, you mustn't be real, but I am a product of their obedience, of their trust, of their faithfulness, of their endurance, of their persecution, but perseverance. I am today able to live a life where there is generational blessing. And we should not be ashamed of that. And in the 11 o'clock service, I was like, awesome, God, this is going to be amazing. I actually felt almost at the end to get up after the nine and as announcements, say, hey, next week we're talking about joy and suffering. Because I just so knew it was something God put in my spirit. And in the 11 o'clock service, he said, just freshly, Psalm 23 is where we're going we're gonna to dwell in Psalm 23. And that's where today we're going to come from and that's where we're going to hang out. But if I could just preface attention, I think attention in the room is that as Christians, we can be in danger of the foolish thinking that when we live life in Christ, we have ticket to a trouble-free life. Like we live like, oh, now everything's gonna be easy. Everything's gonna fall into place. Oh, now I've got Christ and I've got freedom and I've got forgiveness and I've got peace. Peace obviously means a perfect pathway without any problems. No, no, no. The reason we need peace is because the pathway is full of problems, right? Why do we need a healer? Because we need healing. Why do we need a deliverer? Because I need delivering. And this reality of, of actually saying, guys, we've got to really come aware in this hour. I believe we've got to come aware. Come on, that, that, this life that we're called to live is not a trouble-free life. It's not a separate of suffering, but actually Christianity, there's a, there's a reality in seasons and situations. We walk through suffering. We carry suffering. But the thing is that as we live this life, not for ourselves, but under the following of the Holy Spirit and under the light of God's word, and we become a light to the world, who knows, as we preach the gospel, the truth of it is, is that Jesus promised there would be persecution. There would be trouble. Come on, we live on this side of eternity. We live in a fallen world. We live in a broken society. We live in a place where the world is corrupt, where there is sin on many levels. And I believe that it is at a scale that we haven't experienced in my generation ever before. But because, again, we live surrendered to God's will and not our will, we are servant of His ways and not our ways, I would say that we somewhat have like a red flag to a bull. Come on, when it comes to the enemy wanting to get in the way, Come on, wanting to deceive, wanting to decept us, wanting to discourage us and destroy the reality of us living a life united with Christ. But this is not something we should fear. Come on, because don't you love it how Jesus says it so straight in John 16, 33, I have told you these things that so that in me you will have peace. In this world you will have, but take heart. Come on, I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. I love in 2 Timothy 312, if we could just set the foundation of realizing, hey, navigating stuff is a part of the life that we live. Come on. It says this, in fact, anyone, or sorry, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. 1 James 12, sorry, 1, 2 to 4 says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, Whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Yeah. Come on, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Yeah. Come on, there's a purpose to the things that we go through. Yeah. 
Romans 5, 3 to 5, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope, and a hope that does not put us to shame. Listen to this, because God's love, listen, listen, has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Come on, there is more famine in the world, poverty, food insecurity, mass global crises. There's more mental health, depression, anxiety. Records have never been as high as they are. There's more corruption, desperation, defilement, humanitarian need and social injustice than ever before. There's stuff going on and we live in the middle of it and we're called to go against the flow of it. So therefore, as light pushes back darkness, darkness does not push back light. The truth of it is, is we're gonna navigate and go through stuff Come on, things are going to happen in our hearts. Things are going to happen in our lives. But God has not called us to live a life void of joy in the midst of the suffering. But He actually says in the middle of suffering, you can have a foundation of joy. We can have a foundation of joy. And that joy is our strength. It's our strength. See, the reality is, is if there's, could put the screen up, the enemy wants us to live in separation. Many of us, we might be facing spiritual attack, trials, sickness, regret, pain, defeat, fear, loss, lies, the past, condemnation, persecution, addiction. There's insufficiencies in our life. We feel unworthy. We have despair. We've got hopelessness. We're in a place of regret. There's brokenness. The presence of the enemy is around. I told you it's probably not going to be the most happiest, clappiest message, right? But don't lose me. Don't lose me. The reality is, is the presence, the world that we live in, the enemy is around and he walks around like a roaring lion to see who he can knock off, to see who he can pull aside, to see who he can rob from the reality of God's purpose, his promise and his peace and his joy to be a foundational strength in their life. But here, let's go to the reality of Psalm 23. This is where we live. Hear it today in the area that you feel suffering, in the area where you mourn a loss, in the area of dysfunction, in the area where right now you feel still bound by the addictions that take place to those who maybe wish they could be able to come into a room like this, but for whatever reason, shame and guilt stops you from even being able to leave your house to come into an environment because you feel like you're not going to be welcomed. I want to tell you, thank you for joining online, but hear it and hear it loud and clear. You are welcome here. I declare in Jesus' name, no more lie of the enemy, that you are someone that must remain separated from the reality because you wouldn't be part of the family. No, you are welcome here. Come as you are. But hear this to every situation that you're facing. Hear this to the things that are in our heart. Hear it as God spoke it to me this week, and I pray that's all we capture today is how He placed it in me, I pray it places it in you. But listen to this, the Lord, in the midst of all that stuff, the Lord is my shepherd. Come, where's heartache right now? Where's this hurt? Where's this physical pain? Where's the thing that you've said, God, would you take it away, but it hasn't gone yet? Where's the area that you've been believing for years, but you feel like God's not listening? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. Listen, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in this path of righteousness for his namesake. 
Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And hear the shift. For you, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Listen, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, surely, in light of all of this, surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What a beautiful, life-changing, mind-shifting, heart-altering, spirit-reviving, soul-restoring. Come on, isn't the Word of God unbelievable? But I love this. It starts with, the Lord is my shepherd. And if you want a message titled, Lord, it's called Time at the Table. Time at the Table. But it says, the Lord is my shepherd. My feelings aren't my shepherd. My culture's not my shepherd. My past is not my shepherd. Leave the baggage on the carousel. No uncertainty is my shepherd. Fear is not my shepherd. My situation is not my shepherd. My setback is not my shepherd. My suffering is not my shepherd. No, the Lord Almighty, He is my shepherd. And I love this because it's not a question. It's not a pondering. It's a statement. If we want joy and suffering, then we must come with a statement that declares, regardless of everything that looks like it's going wrong, regardless of the walkthrough of the divorce that I'm in right now, the Lord is my shepherd. Regardless of the reality that we haven't been able to form pregnant, it doesn't make light of that. But at the same time, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. I love that. I will not position myself in my suffering. And until that changes, therefore God is not with me. Hope can't be had. Joy isn't found. Everything's tough. Woe is me. I can never. No, I will not be found. Therefore, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Do I want healing? Yes. Do I want deliverance in that area? Yes. Do I want that addiction gone? Yes. But I shall not live there because I will live from a place. I shall not be in want. The shepherd, his role is to be the provider and the protector of his flock. Without him, the sheep are helpless. I love it. The shepherd that we refer to, John 10, 11. If you're new in church, listen to the shepherd, the shepherd of Jesus. He says this in his own words, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Hear it today. You have a God that does not point his finger at you in judgment. You have a God who laid down his life for you. You say, I don't even know if I believe that I'm into this whole thing. I wouldn't be one of the flock. Don't worry. He leaves the 99 in search of you. He leaves everything behind because you are so valuable to him. I shall not be in want. When the Lord is our shepherd, when the Lord is our shepherd, we have somewhat of a security, like a satisfaction, like a weight of like, like needing to try and grab and eat of other things. Listen to this. If the Lord is not our shepherd, we will always be in want. 
Why do I want that? Why do I need their approval? Why do I have to get that job? Why do I have to have that? Why do my kids have to perform? Why does my marriage have to look perfect? Why, why, why? Because I'm wanting these other things to try and satisfy that which God wants to bring as a security in the middle of my life. But if he's not my shepherd, then I'm going to want all these things. But when he is my shepherd, yes, those other things are going to be additions to my life. But again, they are not the identity of my life. Listen to this, verse two, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. I've got to hurry for time. But I read this of a, of a shepherd. He writes, sheep don't lie down easy. And they will not unless four conditions are met. Because they are timid, they will not lie down if they are afraid. Because they are social, they will not lie down if there is friction among the sheep. How amazing. Meh. 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 Friction. Till they get close and go like woolly wool wool, you know, like meh. You know, like. What friction are you holding on? What friction do we have in this room? Maybe someone that's not in the room, maybe they wouldn't come because you're, there's the deal. You can't lie down. We can't lie down. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's going to keep saying, come on, as I forgave you, you need to forgive them. As I cross that boundary, you need to cross that boundary. Come on, we need to create unity and restore. We talked to that the other week. If there's flies or parasites troubling them, they will not lie down. And finally, if sheep are anxious about food or hungry, sounds like Nadia, they will not lie down. Respite comes because... The shepherd has dealt with fear, friction, flies, and famine. He is your protector. He is your provider. He will deal with fear. In fact, his love has already dealt with it. It's just a matter of us exchanging the fear for the love that he's already made available. The friction he already said, come on, as I forgave you, you can forgive others. But it's too hard, it's too big. You can still do it because the same grace that has met you is the same grace to flow through you. You can do it. What about all the flies? Come on, greater is he that is in you than that is in the world. Come on, the name of Jesus is higher. We sung about it. It makes a way. And in famine, come on, he is the bread of life. We do not need to go hungry. We do not need to snack on that which is temporary. We have a saviour. Come on, and in him, he restores and he satisfies our soul. I love that he restores our soul. That word restore in the Hebrew actually means a bringing to repentance. Come on, he actually brings us to a point of repentance. Right? Like, not like we come to him like, all is my shepherd and I know everything and I've got everything sorted. No, we come humbly and we actually are looking at the integrity of our own heart and lives. And we again lay it down and say, God, if there's anything unclean, clean it out. Because the weight of sin creates weight. Well, that didn't come out right, did it? But literally, the sin has a weight to it. Right? We want to park it and avoid it and just, oh, no, let's not talk about it. There's a weight that's going on in our heart and in our lives. I know that feeling. The Holy Spirit reveals it to us because that's his job and he's not saying it to condemn you. There's no condemnation in Christ. No, he wants it to be a conviction that we would deal with it. Come on, hand it over again. Give it over again. I love this. He says, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Team, if you could come and help me. So in the presence of all of this, Stuff that the enemy can throw at us or things we can be going through. Don't you love this truth? He prepares the table before me in the presence of. 
in the presence of all of us. He doesn't prepare a table before me in the absence of all of this stuff. I know it can be a little distracting because we're all wondering, is that gonna tip over and is everything gonna fall off? Are they gonna make it? Everyone stretch a hand and pray. But he prepares a table before me. Picture this. He's just talked about the reality there in the valley of the shadow of death. And in that place, he prepares the table. He prepares a table before you, which means he's gone before you. He knows where you're at. He knows what you need and he's preparing it before you. He's not saying, would you go and get that and sort that and work that and make that happen and get that? No, no, he's saying, I'll prepare it before you. I will go and I will make it possible for you to be able to dwell and to dine with the richest of food of which you need in your life because I'm preparing exactly what you need. I don't know about you, but that brings joy into my heart. We're in the midst of the challenge I'm facing. He's not saying, go work harder, go sort that out, go and make that, go and do that. If you, if you, if you just measure up to that, then you can come and dine. Uh, sorry, you don't quite measure up. You're not allowed at the table. No, 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 we have a Saviour, we have a, a Lord, we have a loving God who, come on, who, who prepares a table. He prepares a table. But the incredible thing is it's in the presence of our enemies. Right? It's in the presence of all of this. Sometimes what we want is we want none of this in our life. Right? And therefore we can just relax and be in His presence. But come on, while we live in this world, Come on, we're going to have suffering. We're going to have stuff going on. There's going to be accusation. Come on, people are going to ridicule you for what you believe. There's going to be a reality that people will not accept and then they'll twist and they'll manipulate and they'll shift stuff and they'll pass blame and there's going to be the reality of a body that's breaking down. But don't worry, one day you'll get to heaven. Come on and your body will be renewed. It'll be perfect. It'll be great. But we want all of that gone. We want no area of need. So then we can just dwell but God's saying, no, in the presence of that, you need to come and you need to dwell. You need to come and sit at the table. We all need time at the table. In the presence of our enemies, he brings a banquet. And don't you love our Savior Jesus, the banquet of what he brings, filled with the richest and the finest, it comes from the presence of a loving God. I think what we can be guilty of is so easy knowing what God has and being connected to what He's made available and living a takeaway relationship. I could come and I could sit and I could dwell. See, when you sit and you dwell, the Lord is prepared. It's not you who serves you, if you understand what I'm saying. And it's not allowed sitting there and going, serve me, please. We're humbled to be in his presence. But he brings and he breaks bread and he makes it available for us. And he pours out. Doesn't it say, my cup overflows? Yeah. I don't know how full your cup is today. Maybe it's like this cup. 
It's empty. But the good news is when you have time at the table, yeah. in comes a loving Saviour yeah. who sees you just where you are and He goes, come on, let me fill your cup. Yeah. Let me fill your cup. Come on, just pour it out to me because I'll pour into you. Let me fill your cup. You weren't designed to have an empty cup. The truth of it is though, we go throughout our week and we go throughout what we're going through and the stresses and the challenges and it can be easy. We come back next week and there's only just a, a tiny little left in our cup. That's why we come to the house of God. Come on, because there's food in His house. There's hope in His house. There's love in His house. There's strength in His house. There's peace in His house. There's freedom in His house. And He wants to fill your cup again. What I love about the cup is it represents the blood of Jesus. On that cross, come on, is the reality of, of victory once and for all. The reality that His grace is enough. Come on, hear it again. His grace is enough. I ought to get this out of my spirit, but you got to hear it. His grace is enough. Come on, we're, we're living in a time where people want to glorify that your setback is your significance. We're living in a time where people want to say, you know, how many... How many Areas of victimhood can you present in your life so that you could have some sort of platform to be able to have a position in today's society. But I want to tell you, victimhood will never get you to a place of victory. He never went to the cross so you could say a victim. He went to the cross so every victim could start, turn from that and live in victory. It's time for us to stop looking at the setback, looking at the suffering, looking at the hardship and going somehow in that now I'm significant. No, we're not significant because of that. We're significant because of the blood of Jesus, because He has renewed us, He has reborn us, He has restored us, He has purposed us to be able to live from a place of triumph, not from a place of constant tragedy. The bread is word. It's an amazing, amazing word. Gosh, I've fallen in love with His word more than ever before. See, takeaway is happy with the podcast. I'm not, nothing wrong with that podcast. I love a good drive through. But we've got to sit. We've got to let him put a meal before you. And he's going to go, enough of the carbs, Craig. It's time to get some of the fruit of the Spirit. Because you know what's on the other side of the fruit, Joy. You know, you've been a little edgy with the family because everything's all overloaded. You know where that patience going to come from? It's going to come from the Holy Spirit. You know how you've been snapping at people in the... Well, I was going to name one place, but on the freeway, at the kids' footy. <laughs> that kindness you need, it comes from the Holy Spirit. And that's the beautiful thing about the candles, the flame. He anoints my head with oil. Come on, the, the joy in suffering is not the absence of the presence of it, the enemy. It's sitting and knowing him. It's sitting and hearing his voice. Come on, it's at the table that we do family. It's at the table I get to know intimately. It's at the table and after a bit of time that I really 
take the layer off and I start to actually go, God, this is what's really happening. God, I need your presence. You know, a beautiful thing about the table is that you're not the only one at it. The table is full of all of us. We're all at the table, right? I love that. And together, God enables us, come on, to be able to walk through stuff because of others at the table. And the beautiful thing of that is, is that what God has poured into us at the table, we have the opportunity to pour that into somebody else. What God has walked us through, that miscarriage you've been through, I know, man, there's nothing that hurts more. But you never know that God actually walked us through that many years ago as well. And I want to tell you of the faithfulness of God. I want to tell you of the comfort. I want to tell you of the security in Him. I want to tell you about the fact He wants to reveal all of you to reveal all of your heart at Him. Come on, have time at the table. And it's amazing how that which on our own we might suffer for a long time, but when we sit with others and we allow the same Word of God and the same Spirit of God and the same fruit of God to move in and through us, who knows that all of a sudden that which was burdensome on our own now has the opportunity to be carried by many and we have the opportunity to walk forward. I love in 2020, getting this, 20 or 2021, I can't remember, it all kind of just locked down, I guess, and... Uh, but I love getting this email from one of our great church members. It says, hi, Pastor Craig. Even though I got stood down, God has been amazing through this time. He's been teaching me a lot, especially in the areas I know I've, I haven't put complete, utter trust in. Or maybe just shifting mindset slightly to align with his complete way of thinking. If there is one line that would describe it, I guess I'm making God Lord of it all. Lord of every area of my life and putting my complete trust and security in Him. For every aspect of my life, obedience, provision, giving. I mean, it's been a journey so far, but I can't thank Gary and Kim Koo enough for providing wisdom during this time. When freedom, of course, had been put on pause because we couldn't meet, I also can't thank Rita enough for reaching out and doing ministry with me. That was the much needed healing I was looking for. It goes on to talk about favor in regards to unemployment. It goes to talk about how a landlord didn't have to, but cut the rent in half. It goes to talk about how the fact that normal wage got more through JobKeeper, was able to just get by. So I guess, last line, God, so God came through in it all. But he used other people at the table. See, the most incredible thing is, I think, in this scripture, is this moment, maybe I'll sit back down because it's quite nice to be at the table. <laughs> Sorry, guys. But in verse four, there's a subtle yet very significant shift. And it goes from David saying, he is my shepherd. He restores my soul. He leads me through. And he goes on and he says, you. There's a distinct proximity shift. 
And what we must do when we are walking through stuff is we must, yes, know, right? We, while we need to know who he is, we must experience you. I'm gonna say that again. While we must know who he is, he is mercy, he is my provider, he is healing, he is a comforter, he is strong, he is wisdom. We need to know who he is, but we must experience you. See, you is a proximity of intimacy. You is a moment at the table where you dine together. You is a moment where it's not just like, oh, that's who he is. No, that's who you are. He is mercy, but all of a sudden you are merciful. He is a provider. You are my provision. Do you notice the exchange? But too often we don't settle for going there. I get this. We stay at the place of who he is, where God's saying, I know that you know who I am, but I want you to experience. Come on, I want there to be a moment of exchange. I want there to be something where literally, we, how you got at the table is not the way you get up from the table. Come on, is someone hearing me? Come on, the pain of that situation there when you went to the table is not the pain you leave with at the table. That same area of heartbreak that you went to the table with is not the same heartbreak you carry when you leave the table. Why? Because I didn't just go knowing who he is, I now have you. You carry me. You love me. You are with me. You are for me. You will make a way. Your ways are higher. You are faithful. You are good. Oh God, you're amazing. And we hear David through all the Psalms. He says it, right? Where are you? What's going on? My heart breaks, my soul this, my soul that. By the end, he goes, I praise you. We find a man who knows who he is, but we also find a man who spends time with you. I pray this connects with our heart. Come on, he is comforter, but you are my comfort. He is strong, but you are my strength. He is wisdom, but you are my portion. You are my way. You are my wisdom. He is a defender, but you are my defense and my confidence. He is Lord, to he is my Lord. Come on, he makes a way, to you are the way. He is enough, to you are enough. He is a friend, to you are my friend. He is loving, to you. You are. You love me. And so that when I get up and I keep going into what God has called us to go into, carrying what God has called us to carry, blessed us with what he's placed on our lives as a purpose and a mission, I don't get up the same. We want joy and suffering, then we must prioritize time at the table time at the table. Men, you need time at the table. We're not good at this. We want to keep going. Next thing, I'll fix that. I'll manage. I'm strong enough. I can do it. Yeah, God's good. Yeah, he'll make a way. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. He said it. He'll do it. That's awesome. But men, you need time at the table. Ladies, you need time at the table. You need to hear what he thinks. You need to see what he sees. It's great having the confidence of others, but no one's going to say it like he says it. No one's going to lift the weight and ache in your heart like he can lift and carry every load. 
But I try all the time. Well, then just take more time. The team can come and join me. And I don't know why I've been so emotional, but I do at the same time. Because I think this week just reminded me of how much I cannot get familiar with time and needing time at the table. Last Sunday, something happened. Had a conversation with somebody and no one I'd ever met before and completely unexpected, to be honest. Just one of the strangest encounters I've ever had. Some of the words he spoke hit me. And I wondered why. So I've lived so secure in the fact that I am not enough. I can't tell you enough how is your pastor. I am so aware that it is only God that we are doing what we're doing, that we are the church that we are, that I stand here today. It was an amazing part of my great walk with God. The moment that rarely in my journey once I sat under a table, ready to walk away because I said, God, I can't do this. The insecurity of knowing the lack in my life. In that moment, through reaching out to some others and then getting up at the table and having time at the table, God spoke into my heart and He took that insecurity away. And said to me, Craig, your security was never meant to be in your gift. It was never meant to be in the fact you knew you could or how you could, because I've always felt, I don't know. And it's been the most securing place. Because I don't care if people know me, I don't care. This is his church. This is his beautiful design. This is his amazing city and we're gonna reach it with the love of Jesus and it's gonna transform hearts and it's gonna change lives and broken lives are gonna be restored because we're all that? No, because he is all that. But in this exchange, all of a sudden, these words that came, just, you are full of insecurity. You don't even know who you are. Undermining the authenticity of this amazing church. And it hit me. I found myself God, what's going on? And I realized the enemy doesn't want to attack your weakness. He wants to attack your strength. Because if he can rattle your strength, then all of a sudden everything becomes insecure. So this week I found myself in multiple times, I found myself at the table, unloading the conversation, unloading the words. And bit by bit, he started to remind me of his word. Bit by bit, he tried to say, that's a lie, that's a lie. Hey, why are you thinking that's discouragement? That's encouragement. <laughs> Come on, didn't you used to tell Zion? Come on, if people are pushing you over on the paddock, trying to fight you, it's because you're playing well, not because you're playing bad. <laughs> Doesn't the Bible say, come on, if you're starting to push back, don't be surprised. In fact, I, I, we clap. 
when people start to make all kinds of accusations and they start to stand up and they start to come and try and to accuse and pull down that which is, doesn't God say, come on, if you're persecuted for carrying my name and for running my race, then don't you know that that's where I actually get excited? Don't you know that that's where the Spirit starts to come alive? And it had to be though, it wasn't easy, but it had to be this exchange. There had to be this moment. There had to be this letting go. There had to be this re-securing of the fact that that's right, I'm not enough. That's right, I can't do it all. That's right, it's not in my effort. It's always been Him. It'll always be Him. I'm His Son first and foremost. He is my Saviour. He is my Lord. His mercies are enough. The cross has done its work. The Holy Spirit is enough. Come on, the bread of life is my truth. I will stand and we will go again. Come on, I tell you what, I just feel like we need time at the table. We need time at the table. And we're going a little bit over this morning, but I want us to stand to our feet. And I actually want us just to worship for a moment. And I want you to make a decision. If you're here and you know there's things in your life, there's things in your heart, you actually want to give over. I'm actually going to open the altar. And I want to make there a moment that, come on, we're going to speak the Name of Jesus. Because the truth of it is, is when we have time in this table, Jesus starts to become the focal point. Everything else fades into the background and Jesus starts to declare again. Come on, not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. Come on, you in your natural you can't, but in me you can. For that which is impossible to man is not impossible to God. So we're going to speak Jesus. We're going to name Jesus over this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And even though, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And it's you, 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 you. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You say amen. Amen. Come on, let's honour His presence. Let's thank Him. But He brings joy. He brings joy. We need time at the table. Time at the table. I think for me, guys, the moments I find it easiest is when I am actually doing something that restores my soul. For me, I love surfing and getting up 4, 5, 5.30, driving out in the dark. That time, road's quiet, sun starts coming up. I just have time in His presence. Find what it is. Have time in it. It's a discipline. It's hard work, but you've got to find it. Be found in His Word daily, everyone. Pray without ceasing. And let the fruit of the Spirit, come on, let it be that which we live from. We don't get it all right. But when you mess up, when I fall down, 
that doesn't disqualify you from the table. Come back to the table. The Lord is my shepherd. If you're here and you may not know the reality of Jesus being the Lord of your life, He loves you so much. You may be watching and joining us online and you'd say, well, Craig, I don't know. I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I have not actually met would say, I know Him. The great thing is, it's not about knowing a whole lot of information. It's about having a heart relationship. Maybe you're here and the truth of it is, you're disconnected, you're away from God. Could we just have the most significant moment of the whole day right now where we just open up the opportunity for anyone and everyone, if you're not right with Jesus, you don't yet have a relationship or you once did, but you've walked away. I wanna tell you, Jesus is your healer. Jesus is your peace. Jesus forgives. Jesus makes a way. Jesus has a purpose for your life. Jesus wants to set you free, but it doesn't come out of religious obligation. It comes out of relationship with a loving, living Saviour. And I would love to be able to lead you in a prayer, a moment of invitation where you can invite God into your life. As He says, come as you are. He wants to meet you right where you're at, right as you are. And He wants to lead you from this point in a loving, living relationship where you are never, ever alone. Come on, we're gonna pray this prayer together with every eye closed, every heart open. If you're here and you say, Craig, would you include me in that prayer that I get right with God? Come on, that I could pray this as well and, and just know God is my Saviour. I'm coming back today. Or no, I've never been in church my first time, but gosh, I need the presence. I need God in my life. If that's you in the room, I'm gonna invite you right now quickly just to lift your hand and say, Craig, would you include me in that prayer? Just suit it up long enough that I'd be able to know and pray with you today. Thank you so much. What an amazing decision this morning. Thank you, we're so honoured that you would respond. Is there anyone else at home? I know in the decision of your heart, you're making this decision. You may not even wanna raise your hand. God sees you, that's the most important part. Awesome, we're gonna pray together. Every single person say, Dear Jesus, today I invite you into my heart. Declare that you are my Lord. You are my shepherd. And from today on, I shall not be in want. You satisfy my soul. Wash me clean, make me brand new. For today I declare, I am a new creation. I thank You for Your love that it made a way, triumphed over sin so that I could live free. Help me to live with You, walk with You. From this day forward, I am a believer. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. Come on everyone, can we just honour and celebrate? Come on and just thank God. Come on, people making that decision. Just honour you so much. We trust that you are encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Melbourne campus. If you're not in Melbourne, then join us for Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifeau.org to stay connected and find out more.